This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win, order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because the only thing I care about more than football is spicy pepperoni pizza for kickoff. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. Now that's a spicy offer. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19-2023. Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at nine ninety nine each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. See uber.com slash uberone for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimum supply. Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. You are watching and listening to Chris and Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favorite podcasts. shower and uh, you know spray the old mosquito stuff and wipe myself down with a wet daily mail to make myself feel better but i am there now um welcome along it's another new show well 
We're going to try it again, as with all new shows. We're going to try it and see how it goes. Normally, this would be the uh, space that is taken up by the banter show, which is usually myself, Brad, and uh, David. David's on holiday for a couple of weeks, so we're going to try this, which is basically a question and answer show. Um, we don't have a script. We don't have a target, we don't, uh, uh, an agenda. We don't know what the hell we're going to talk about. I don't know yet. All right, a lot of you are saying, well, that's me anyway. But <laughs> you're going to set the question, anything Leicester City, we're not going to give you the answer. We're not going to say how much is, you know, Danny Ward on a bit per week or anything like that. But if you've got any questions about Leicester, let us know and we will have a discussion on it. I mean, there's nothing on telly. There's only just some uh, tourist class football on down there. But uh, let's welcome him in and say good evening to my co-host, Brad. Good evening, sir. How are you? Good evening, mate. Um, I'm good as always. How, how, how are you doing, mate? We've made a signing. I know, right? Let's have to celebrate. Yeah, exactly. We've made a signing, and I feel like it should be going dot, 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 who? But, hey, he's a third-choice keeper, so what's it matter? But no doubt we may get asked about that as well. Hammers is doing well. Come on, Watford, you can do it. I'd love to see him get a goal, actually. Um Mainly because I think if they do get promoted again, we get more money. So <laughs> we yeah. Well, I, I think any decent performance out in Watford will benefit both player and the club. So uh, yeah, yeah. So, this okay. This is Leicester Till I Die TV. As you can see above me, you can follow us on all the social media bits that are there. Uh, just search Leicester Till I Die and do the same on the podcast as well. If you want to listen, these are always uploaded about half an hour after we come off uh, onto the podcast platform, whichever your favourite podcast platform is. But Brad also has a channel, um, and it's, well, it's all about opinions, isn't it, Brad? Yeah, it is. Uh, the channel's called A Matter of Opinion. It's where weekly topics will, I'll hold weekly topics and let you guys pick them, and then on the Thursday, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss them. You give your opinions on them. Uh, if you want to find it and check out my latest one, which was a Disney uh, theories one, uh, just follow me on Twitter at Full Time Focus uh, and the link's in the bio there. So, yeah, thanks, like Chris, and uh, looking forward to this. Yeah. And it's also the link is in the chat below on YouTube as well. Um, to, 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 to which I, it's a great it's a great discussion channel. Uh, I think at least in the last one we were able to see you, weren't we? Yes, I used uh, I used a better camera for that, and it was at least able to um, to to see me. That's if you could find me with the trouble I was apparently having with. <laughs> yeah, it takes me a while. Other people found you, but I, I was I was struggling. But on the one before, I did feel because you were in you were in shadow form, and I felt like I should start questioning you, like where were you on Friday night at three o'clock in the morning? <laughs> what else yeah. So anyway, it's all about questions and answers. Um, you can say good evening to James, Scott, Spencer, Andrew, uh, and Scott. They're all in. So hello, welcome along. We were just literally talking about this before we came live. We've made a sign-in, uh, and Andrew says here, can I ask why we need another goalkeeper? Um, for, for the exact reasons why it's been done, Ward's the new number one, so Iverson's going to be number two, 
um, in case of emergency. It's all he ever was. You know, the young lad, I'm not going to try and pronounce his name, uh, can I go out on loan if he's not, if he's not yeah. already gone on loan. So Don't we just keep, we keep the pecking order moving up. So that's exactly why we've done it. You know, Jakovic is gone. He's going to take the ways. He's going to take sitting on the bench, 32 years of age. Yeah, I mean, he signs a two-year contract, I think. Um, and for me, exactly. Brendan likes three managers. That's that's what he, you know, he's always had three managers. And I suppose if you've got a game against Liverpool coming up, and only time will tell, but let's say Danny Ward gets an injury, you know, Iverson may not just be quite ready. I mean, I think he probably is. Uh, and I, I think he will be the number two. But like you say... You still, if if Ward gets injured, you've still got to have a backup to the backup, really, haven't you? Yeah, you you always need it. Uh, you know, it's why people always want to have depth in in positions. You know, and, and I think it's why a lot of people actually quite admire that Brendan tries to get his players to be more versatile because there's been a few players at the squad that maybe haven't been trusted in other roles that, that Brendan's seen. So I, I like that back as well, because he gets the most out of the, out of the squad as well. We've got a... And I'm, I'm going to jinx it now, so I take full responsibility when we lose. We've got a, a kind Carabao Cup tie. So you may see you may see Iverson get that, independent uh, or Iverson, I don't know his name. Um, I do apologise, but you'll see him get his chance. Uh, and then maybe in the next round, if we get like a, maybe a Manchester United, you might even see uh, Smithies get a game for us. I mean, proven at this level in a sense, in, in, in a sense that he's experienced it at least. So it's not not for nothing for for getting him in. Yeah, and let's be honest, we've got one of our. I mean, everybody was sort of saying, "Oh, you only got you know eight hundred odd thousand pounds for Schmeichel." And I said, well, we only spent a million on him in the first place. So we've had a few good seasons out of him. Uh, but it's... Um, <laughs> he's hardly going to be on, a, on a, let's face it, a vast amount of money. He's 32. He probably thought his best days were behind him. Um, you know, how often do we see Yipukovic? I very much doubt we'll ever, ever see him in a Premier League game. But he's there just as cover yeah. because look, look how the injuries affected us last season we went you know we could easily get an injury to Danny Ward who's only just come back from an injury Iverson comes in he gets injured and we're going to have another situation where we've got Steve Atlinex and, and Alan Young in goal yeah and also the other way to look at it and I don't again I hope it doesn't happen but let's just look at the other side of football let's say um Iverson and does play in the Carabao Cup second round game and he has a bit of a mare but less to get through sort of thing that kind of gives Brendan the idea where he's at in his development he needs to work on it but maybe Brendan goes okay now he swaps it and again then you, like you oh you're frozen Brad you said you have to let me know when I'm back mate because it's not freezing on my end so I can't tell you if people are missing what I'm saying or not. It may not be freezing in the main programme for people, but it is... Um, yeah, for you. So, yeah. Um, no, just go through that bit again. Sorry, mate. Yeah, no, no, it's wor no worries. I was basically just saying that, um, you know, if Iverson... I'm, I'm going to keep swapping his name out and pronounce it. But if he has a 
let's say, not a very sturdy game in, in, the, in the Carabao Cup, Brendan might change his mind on who he wants to back up should Ford get an injury. Because at least for this, you know, this is the first big test because we used to, before we had Danny Ward, I think a lot of Leicester fans, when they heard Casper was going to miss a game, it was like that only falls and horses scene with Uncle Albert, and it? it was like, Ugh! everybody yeah. didn't know what to do. It was like, oh, God, Ben Amos in goal, or oh, God, Ron Robert Zeal in goal. At least we're in a better place, you'd feel, with these yeah. keepers we've got. Yeah. I used to like Ben Hamer, in fairness, but uh, it, it, it is the life, as you know, you're in the goalkeepers' union. You know what it's like. Um, yeah. Uh, Terry's in. Good evening. Uh, the cavalry has returned from our last outing. Just parking the horses. Yeah, we were both in the uh, in the Arsenal preview on S Weekly TV's channel. Uh, like I said, I've had a shower, Terry. Hope you have as well. Uh, it is as a, a question and answer show. So let's move on to the next question. Um, Spencer says, "You heard anything on the council's decision about the ground extension?" Um, no, I haven't because I've got the details up on screen if you want me to. Yeah, yeah, go for it. I don't know unless you've, unless you've heard something, but I, I haven't to be honest with you, which is why I googled it. No, I've not. I, I don't, I also don't understand where the issue is online, why the council are being so stubborn. There's you look at how other clubs you know, drag fans in from all over the world and people come flying over to England to do to do work over here just as we fly over there and whatnot and whatever or they come and visit family they've got here and they you know it it makes less the more of appeal of all nature. I think it's just benefit beneficial for the club in the long term and you know, we trust these owners. I don't understand. You know, for all they've done, not just for the football club, they've done it for the the, the, whole, the entire city. Yes. Um, you, there, there's got to be a logical reason that's holding it up being accepted. Um, because well, I, I are... can't... sorry, go on, mate. No, I was just saying. I just can't find one. Yeah. No, I mean, I um, this is what the owners are trying to do. They are trying to sort of build us up as a club. Um, you know, we, we, we have that expansion. We go up to 40,000. We're still only half the size of Old Trafford. So, you know, we're trying to create this whole new um, environment. Now, I'm just looking on here. Um, the funny thing is both my uh, eldest son and one of my twin daughters are both architects. And they've actually been sending me links. Like, Look what I've seen and what I've seen on it. Uh, but there is a thing called the new civil engineer.com. It's, it's kind of say nightly reading for me, you know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and, book. Well, it was either that or Arteta's life story, you know. Um, oh, now, this was done on the 1st of August 2022, so it is very, very recent. And it says Leicester City's football clubs. Stadium expansion's aspirations remain in the balance after the council missed its own deadline to rule on the planning application for a third time. I mean, if, if I think I think the easiest answer to the question is Spencer is that the whole of Leicester City Council are wankers and they you know, they couldn't make a decision whether to have one or two sugars in the coffee in the morning. Um, the council's record shows that the planning application was due to be ruled on by the end of July. 
However, a decision is still to be taken. Um, the club submitted applications October last year and City Council was originally due to rule on it by the 10th of February. Oh, that date was then pushed back before, or it's been pushed back a couple of times, I think. Um, after missing the latest deadline, a Leicester City Council spokesman told um, New Civil Engineer Weekly.com that no date has been set for determining the application. Uh, council records also show that seven out of the, of the last eight scheduling planning committee's meetings have been cancelled, stretching back until February. Well, I mean, I think that says more about how badly Leicester County, Leicester County, God, Leicester Council is run than anything else, to be honest with you, doesn't it? Well, it just says a lot about it uh, in general. I think you've probably summed it up exactly right how they are, unfortunately, and fingers need to be removed from arses um because this is getting a bit dull now it's like fake news isn't it we keep hearing about a stadium expansion this is fake news now yeah and, and i mean i'm sure if they were going to debate uh widening the cycle lane along the a46 or something they'd, they'd be getting a special meeting together and they'd all be in on sunday night yeah it, it will build. it's a, it's probably got something to do with the council i've suggested it as a building thing their own beforehand because it's owned by the council Leicester, I believe their idea is obviously where to build it, so they're just pissy that they didn't want it. Yeah, and, and you know, when you look at it, you think, you know, anybody that's coming to see Leicester and they walk down that particular way from Elston Road, yeah, it's just it's just rubble, it's you know, it's a, it's a mess. The other way is not so bad, and here we are going to regenerate the whole area, which has got to be good for not just the club but for Leicester as well because. There's a shopping mall, there's a hotel, there's uh, accommodation, there's flats in there, um, an, an 8,000 seater arena. It's got to be all the best, not just for the club, but for Leicester. But, you know, we, we, we're no better with the council down here in uh, Bournemouth, Paul and Christchurch, to be honest with you. So, oh, yeah, true. But I guarantee you, if this thing got built and there was apartments in there and the Leicester fan, some Leicester fans were living in there. Right, they'd still fail to make it on time for a match day of three. <laughs> probably, probably. I definitely don't know. <laughs> Moving on, Scott says, thoughts on Wesley Fafana potentially leaving? Doesn't sound like it. Not to me. I'm, I'm going with what we did yesterday in the Brendan press conference. Um, I think the club's prepared. You know, we'll see over the next three or four games how it more balances out. Eventually, when he makes more than one substitution, we'll, we'll, we'll realise what his rotation is and how he's going to keep rotating it. Probably, unfortunately, unless it starts to go drastically wrong like it last season, we'll be seeing it like that for the foreseeable. Mm. Uh, and I think Brendan maybe has an eye on the only centre-back he's going to let go of is Sonny, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah. The only way Wesley Profano's going is if whatever you value, whatever you think you can push your maximum to pay for Profano for is Chelsea, you had 20 million to it and you can't do it. So, yeah. That's, now, that's my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I know I know Wesley has done all his, you know, social media hype and changing and what have you, but I don't think he's going to go anywhere. Um, I mean, like I say, we don't. Please, please, everybody read that piece on on Sky. Um, 
by Rob Dorset, which explains, you know, we don't need to sell. You know, if we get a stupid offer, we will do, as in Harry Maguire. But uh, he signed a five-year contract. He's, you know, he isn't going anywhere unless we say, yes, he is. You know, and uh, he's come out recently, I think, and, and I think he's kind of hinted that, he, you know, he, he's happy to stay. Um, and everybody seems to be saying that it will do him good to have another year at Leicester before he even thinks about moving on. Yeah, and again, let us know our own destiny. And I get that some players are going to be like that. We've discovered it with your retirement. Let them know, know my club's fate before I, um, before I make a, a decision. And, you know, we've kind of run time out on tournament situation, but Abana knows his situation with Leicester. And whilst he's happy and, you know, if we can have a good season, there's no reason he doesn't get into that France squad. And then, you know, maybe you know West goes, well, if I can earn that here, then I don't see a need right now to do anything else. Yeah, exactly. Time will tell. Yeah. Uh, Terry says there could be traffic considerations uh, regarding um, the, the, the ground. Uh, I don't think, as it said there, I think the council just haven't been meeting for whatever reason, you know. Um, Scott's suggestion here is uh, Newcastle have put in place a new stadium. Um, it would be an option for the owners as the council may approve this a bit quicker. I, I, I don't think we... we, we do we need a new stadium? I mean, we, I think if we, if, we bought, if we built a new stadium, I think we'd have to move out of the centre sort of area, wouldn't we? Well, A, yeah, and B, we've not been at the stadium nearly long enough to consider mm. moving. Extending it would be right, because let's be right, you know, there is occasions where we hit the 28,000 or the twenty you know, 7,000 mark for some games. Um, I, I believe we'd get closer up to, into the 30s, but extending it to, to what the, they're talking about, 40,000 is more than enough. You have to develop within your means as a club. Yeah. And, and, and that's not a disrespect to, 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 to Leicester or any club for that matter. If you're in the means to be filling 60, 70, 80,000, then, then make sure your stadium's, you know, accompanying that. Leicester at the moment, are in a progress stage. I'm more than happy for them to try and, you know, use their money to, you know, increase and and, and improve the facilities all round. And that's, I think that's what's frustrating because we had a bit of an issue with the training ground, didn't we, for a little bit. And yeah. all them videos they put out for it, and thank God they have it. I know people will moan, we keep getting injuries, but sometimes that's just the way football is and the way players are built, fortunately, they get big injuries yeah. But yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I, what is the point? What is the point of us going out? And I know I get what you're saying, Scott, but I don't know that you know if we go and build a, a stadium that will house 60,000 fans, what would we be doing that week in, week out? No. And what would happen if? We suddenly got relegated. Now, I'm not saying we will will do, but you know, look what happened when we moved into the King Power or Walkers, as it was then. The first yeah. thing we were there, we we got really well. We got relegated and then moved into it, which resulted in us losing the stadium uh, with teachers buying it and the KP Group having to um, buy buy it back for us. And look at Darlington. Darlington built a, 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 an amazing ground. 
uh, which was championship standard league one, you know, top of league one, and they were in league two, and they got relegated into the uh, conference, and it got this sixteen thousand seater stadium that houses about eight hundred now. It's it, it, they, what they're doing now allows them to do the, exactly the same. Maybe in a few years' time, if we have grown that big on the yeah. other side, of the on the east stand, uh, and, and develop that way, we have to develop. Yeah, in stages, you know. And pop, yeah, and it's just that money. There's no point. You know, with what we're both agreeing on saying that it'd be 40,000 tops, what's the point in knocking down a 31-odd thousand-seater stadium and spending more millions to build a 40,000-seater stadium when you can evolve the stadium as it is? The stadium's changed a lot slowly over the years. That stadium, as an ex-worker, I can tell you, has had a lot of repairs done to it and kept up with times. And the infrastructure itself, you know, where the, you know where the TV sits? Yeah, that was all redone for the bracketing and that. So that stadium is always being updated and kept up to it, and it just now needs a whole stand just upgrading. So we don't need a new stadium, you know. That won't come until Leicester hits bigger on a worldwide scale. Mm. It, it will, time, in, and that may know, never happen. We don't no, know. It never no. happen. I mean, if you look at Man United, I don't know if we said this yesterday or not, but. They were bought for $600 million, which immediately went down to $600 million worth of debt because that's how the um, Glaziers paid for it. They, they took out a loan. They still have £600 million worth of debt, but they yeah. because they, they haven't paid it off and all the money that the club generates goes on to sales. Now, I think we're probably one of the only clubs in Europe that has – we have a manageable debt, you know, we yeah. have a debt, of course we do, because everything, you know, it, it's just the, you know, it's better, I say you take the bet to have a loan out, but it makes it easier to have loans out. So we have got debt, but, you know, it is manageable. And I do not want to go down the way of Derby, as happened yeah. at the moment, you know. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and there's other clubs that have suffered over the years. Bolton managed poorly. We've seen what happened to them, Berry. A place just just a couple of miles down the road from where I live. You started had to start again. You know we've seen mm. clubs go through it. I'm more than happy for them to say, look, investing 250 million or 200. Let's just say 200 million. Let's say our owner's going to go wild and give us 200 million to spend and and or and say you got free license to sell for fun or something or whatever. Yeah. That's for 200 million to go for it. That's a risk capital from a business perspective. As much as they love the club and and, and the thing. Whereas if they invest that 200 loan and whatever in, in this expansion or whatever it's going to cost, I just said 200 million because it sounds right. I don't know why. Someone's probably going to me a way off, but the point still stands. That's going to gain them the money back because it's another part of their business, it's another part of their growth, and it benefits the city as well with what it will bring in. So I understand why they're not willing to take that risk in the market of bringing in players. We've seen what 30 million flops were brought through that door. I mean, even back in the day when it wasn't a lot, five, you know, compared to these day and age, it's pennies, but five million on a certain Adiaki bad boy. Yes. And all those expenditures is what got us in that mess in the first place. Yes. And that's the risk we're taking by spending that on players in, in, instead of, you know, instead of on the infrastructure. The infrastructure can hold you for a few 
seasons. I mean, let's just say, God forbid, in 10 years' time, Leicester had a 40,000 seater and all them hotels and whatnot, and they were in the championship. I remember what certain clubs like Leicester and that do. They tend to fill it when it's a championship. Because some people that don't like all these bandwagon jumpers or grumble and moan about people jumping on the bandwagon because they're doing well, they go, thank God they gave up the season ticket and see, I can go back to watching my team play. And that's every team. That's not just Leicester fans, that's every team. Yeah. So it's just, it, like I said, mate, you know, to, to, to keep a tired yeah. subject going, it, it's just good what they're doing. Keep the questions coming in. We uh, don't have the answers. We just have what we think. More is. questions is what we have. We have more questions to be more questions. There's a song that isn't there. There's more questions than answers. at the moment. Um, uh, David, um, your granddaughter just found my phone while I was asleep. Um, Oh, I see. Yes, David. I see. I wasn't going to put that up, to be honest with you, but um, <laughs> that's your granddaughter. What if you need to have a word with your granddaughter? Let me just say that. So Terry says, um, the head of recruitment that left came with Rogers from Celtic. Rogers' medical staff he brought here gone and set-piece coach, not the one Rogers wanted. Trouble at the mill. I mean, Lee Congerton, I thought he was here before. Rogers came. Uh, I'd have to look, look at how he came in. I'm pretty sure he's the one that just got in. He comes to the hot, he got in from South. Right. I think we did. We did. Um, he did bring him in. But. I mean, you'd have to check it. But of course, everybody has their own staff. It's not it's not like Rogers is the first ever manager to ever bring staff from wherever they go. Martin O'Neill did it. And yeah. we lured him for winning two League Cups and making us finish in the top ten most seasons. You know, we, we praise him and treat him rightly as we should as 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 a Leicester City legend. But I do feel bad for Brendan that he seems to get a lot of cop and He's kind of getting the well treatment on a smaller percentage than Powell did, but the same sort of thing. I feel like some people are just looking to blame something Brandon's done for some of the things that are going on in this club. I know there's no smoke without fire, but the way the world recently is really reflecting in journalism. Journalism is also quite lazy. Yes. And they'd run out of reasoning, they'd run out of excuses, they said, well, it's got to be something, and they've posted that. I think it's very safe to say that if there was an issue between the hierarchy and Brendan, I don't mean this to sound, make them sound horrible, there is only going to be one winner and it's going to be what our owners want. And if Brendan doesn't like that, like Pearson didn't like it, he's going to be shown the door. So yeah. Yeah. I will wait for something like that to announce and then go, well, call me from the list, our genius knows I could be inside out and I'll be keeping an eye on what he says about our book. But I just don't see it right now. Yeah, and actually, in fairness, I was absolutely totally wrong about Lee Congleton. Uh, he was at 2014 appointed sporting director at Sunderland, and then Celtic yeah. appointed him in 2017, and we recruited him in 2019. So yes, he did come from Celtic, Terry. You are quite right. I mean, yeah. you know, it's. 
it's very easy to lay the blame at the manager's door. Um, and we do it on this show. I'm not going to say I, I, I never criticise Brendan. You know, if he gets things wrong, of course I do. Um, one substitute when he says that they're all knackered because it's so hot, sort of thing. But, you know, we had a... We had um, Steve Walsh as our head of recruitment, as part of a team. And it's it's not just one man, because Steve Walsh went to Everton. And signed and, a bunch of donkeys. Sorry? And scouted a bunch of donkeys for him. Yes, yeah, sorry, exactly, yeah. They, um, so I'm struggling to hear you again, sorry. They, sorry. Um, they, <laughs> he was useless. Because it's one cog in the wheel. Lee Congleton is only as good as the scouts. Because the scouts are saying, you know, go and have a look at this player. Or he is saying, will you go and have a look at this player? And it's what they say when they come back that will determine how we go. Um, I, I, I just think that we're looking to make... And there is a molehill there, don't get me wrong. There is definitely a molehill there. Are we making the whole thing into a mountain? Are we looking for problems when there isn't problems? Um, yeah, sometimes it's what we do as fans. We're not just the only club to do it. But, you know, we do that as fans and, and it's exactly what we do sometimes. Yeah, we don't like a player. We don't like your manager. The second they play, and people sometimes give a little joke when Perez comes on and does well, and it probably expects me to still say he's this and that. But when you either like or dislike a play, you look at them biasly. It's not always in a great way, you know. And mm. it's, it's one of them. You can blame recruitment, but then you can't look at his recruitment and say, oh, he's brought in his old folks. Shermichael, who's just left the club for 11 years, thanks the coach that he has stayed throughout every single manager, Mike Stapp. And that, you know, there's probably some other members of staff that have still been there since before I worked there and are still there now. So, yeah, the staff, you know, these managers, yeah, they do have their own staff, but that's part and parcel of football, you know. There's some players that tend to try and follow each other to clubs because they grew up together, you know, they're all part of it, or they plan to playing from the same academy and the same team. It's, it's, it's what you do, and then... One of them moves, you want to follow them, you want to be in the same division as them, you want to be playing against them or on the same team as them. And if that club ever comes calling, you're probably going to go to it. It's no different to working for someone. Manager mm. needs to he's going to bring them with it. But they don't, they don't always replace everybody in what they do. Indeed, indeed. Um, do keep the questions coming in because that's what this show is called. It's the QA show on Leicester Till I Die TV, and it's me and it's him trying to answer all your questions. Leicester Till I Die TV, your first choice for everything Leicester City. Tune in and join in now. Okay, uh, let's have a look at some of the questions. Um, I lost where I was then. Um, uh, has a new set piece coach survived yet? I think we can just say that is no. <laughs> no. no. Brendan, not yet, which is really frustrating. Which is really frustrating. This is the probably only bad side to this business that I haven't liked. I can take not having the transfers with 
Spartan many times I've got over registered. Yeah, too many players to register. I can deal with that. The one thing I couldn't wrap my head about is we signed the um what what position was it, the guy that we signed from Southampton that had to then go on garden? Is he to no, the that, that is, no, that is the um is that, is that okay? and can't start until the end of the season, I believe. Like, I don't think he's gone and leaves ends up until until September. Until so the end of the week, until the, end of the transfer window. Yeah. It's like, well, what's the point? Hmm. What's the point of bring him in the bit? There's people all the time he can get anything done and we can't fucking use him. And I yes, I I said, well, you're only gonna come after our players, sort of thing. So well, that's a good one. We took Bertrand and Vestcott off the mission. They should be chucking him in for free instead of the day. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I totally, utterly agree with you. Um, but I, I believe from what Brendan said the other day that um, it is visa problems or his visa's just been approved by the Home Office or something. I mean, we've got to accept now that I don't know what country he's coming from. I don't know anything about him, but we're oh. not in the EU anymore. Um, we're, not gonna, we're not starting to talk about Brexit or anything, but that, yeah. that would probably have an effect on people not being able to just come over here as a drop of a hat for a job. Yeah, but... Even if he was here for us, he still can't go to work where he's been hired from yet until this until it's gone and he's done. Jokers, I, 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 I'm on about the um the set piece coach. Yeah, I know what you mean, but if he like, these are deals that should have been done and sorted out, I, I just I I don't understand how I, I mean I do understand, I do get the term gone with you, I know what it means, but it's like You've probably got a guy who can't work for us at the most people point needed to be working for his idea. I I agree one hundred percent, you know, and I I've, I've just said bloody hell Southampton saw yeah. us coming. I said that on a show not so long ago. Yeah. Uh it, it is it is stupid. But if he is that good that um <laughs> which he appears to be looking at sort of the comments in the papers it does appear to be worth, you know, what what we're going to be doing. Um, and it's getting quite, you know, really good reviews. And you look at some of the youngsters that Southampton have got, you know, onto the books and then sold on. So, yeah, it looks like you know, then you've then got to ask the question, well, it might be actually worth just hanging on and uh, and getting, getting in. But, um, I mean, it's all, like I say, if he came... We've still got to get players out before we can get players in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, who knows if we'd have had a, 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 a an influence or not? B. Crom, good evening. So, how the devil are you? I have a wonderful, cheap, Mares-like left-footed replacement from the island of Britannia, Gary Making Stephen. He is the blonde-haired, blue-eyed Mares. I do not know him, B. Crom. Um, just look at the highlights video and tell me you wouldn't fit in perfectly with us. Uh, it would cost less than one million. He's currently playing for the Heart and Midlothian, which is third in the SPL. Uh, I don't know if you want to, to, to Google him. I, I have no idea who he is. But if you've seen him, Bcom, and you recommend him, then, yeah. Uh, you know, is he young? Uh, by the sound of it, he is. Um, 
And let's face it, we've had a few good Scots players down the years, haven't we, Brad? Yeah, we've had a lot of duds clumped together in one team under the... Uh, un under the... Uh, no, 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 do not mention that name. <laughs> Craig, Craig Lavinia. No, 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 he was trying to explain a new operating system to me, and I'm sure it was like trying to explain Lego to a to a primary school. It should be easy, and it wasn't with me, and he was very, very patient. Uh, so, talk. I really do appreciate you giving up your own time to, to do that with me, and uh, I, I would thank you very much indeed. And please go and check his channel out, Football Versus Cancer. Does what it says on the tin. It's a charity channel on YouTube and also on um, Twitter as well. So search football versus cancer, and uh, you will on both Twitter and YouTube. And give him a subscribe. And uh, obviously, after you've you've subscribed to this, if you haven't been uh, or if you haven't done already, uh, Terry says, "I really hope Leicester stays a family club, not a club for foreign plastics." Like the so-called top six teams are, um, I I think we've moved on from that, unfortunately for me. But we've not we've not gone totally. You know, we still got everybody still got a free beer on the first day of the season. Um, I don't think we'll change completely. I don't think our owners would let it. No, they're not them sort of owners. Um, I don't ever think we'll sell our soul to the devil while these are in charge uh i've made no arguments and no qualms in telling people that i want this to be run by this this football club to be run by this family for, for you know for generations the way they run it the way they treat the football fans and i say football fans because it's not just less fans we've talked about this before because they they look after both sets of fans at the king power you come is it's almost like they make that place welcome to away fans as much as they can. It's like this is our home, you, you know, and they they look after the city and, and and everything in around it. And I just don't see us doing it. And and you can see that they believe in in the talents around them. And look at, look at our squad on a match day, you know, Barnes, Madison, Justin, Thomas, Hady, Kieran Dewsbury Hall. You know, and then that's that's just off the top of my head, English international. You know, what we've had before that in this time. What we do as a structure and the players we are developing, um, and the way the clubs run by the ownership, it's it, it's just missing the final touch, isn't it? Really, I I, I feel. To, to it, 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 it is, I think what we've achieved since the new owners have been here is beyond our wildest dreams, you know. Oh, I'm yeah. happy as a Leicester fan. I've seen my team win the FA Cup. I've seen our team win the, um, you know, the, 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 the Community Shield, the Premier League. It's been it's been an amazing few years. It really has. Uh, oh, someone is being sent off in the Watford-Burnley game. I think it's the Watford player. And it isn't Chowdhury. It isn't Chowdhury. Wow. <laughs> shock horror <laughs> Kamara is being sent off um, so but 
And it depends what you call a family club because, you know, I can go down to Pool Town here and I can stand behind the goal and be shouting, and the guy next to me is the, is the guy who owns the club. And they've changed even so because they've changed owners and they're trying to move on. But I think when you compare us to so many other clubs around Europe, around certainly within the within England, you wouldn't swap our owners. You know? No, you wouldn't. I, I think the best way to kind of sum up what is a family owner um, as a type of be it's, it's a pretty much any definition of being a football fan and seeing news about your reading news about your owners, seeing the changes or lack of changes to your football club, seeing the improvements or lack of improvements to your football club. And that determines whether you see them as a family owner and someone who embraces the football club because I think the best way to know if you've got if you to know if you feel like your owner's really relatable to your club when it does and what it wants to achieve. Do you feel cheated on a match day? Do you feel cheated out of your price for your food? Do you feel cheated on out of on your match day experience? Do you feel cheated on the price they charge of your for the things they have control of? Because we also have to remember is the infrastructure inside the club. Uh, some are wholesale, some chain of command. So not all clubs run differently. They don't have control over everything. As daft as it seems, they don't have control over certain things that are negotiated in terms of that. But what they actually do hold responsibility, if what they give to the club doesn't make you feel cheap, and I feel you've got a care and own. It might not be to the extent that Leicester owners can afford, but it might only be the same as what John Davis can do for Paul Town or whatever that, you know, if he's yeah. going and buying a match day ticket every day, he doesn't as long as you feel like your owner's giving you something that you're asking your owner for, I feel you've got that from your own. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Scott says here Lee Congerton came in after or drawing Brendan came and it was after. Uh, just been checking there while uh, Brad was talking. 25th, 26th of February 2019, we got Brendan in and Lee Congerton came in on the 11th of May 2019. Um, Scott also says, who do you believe will start against Arsenal, Vardy, Dako and Acho? I'll go first on this one because I think it's it's almost casting stone that it's going to be Vardy, isn't it? Possibility. You would suggest that it's going to be Vardy. However, I've also seen how Leicester played against the, these kind of teams away from home. And Brendan likes to try and shut it out and damage limitation that first half, probably, to be perfectly honest. I would say if he goes with one up front, it's Vardy. It's only ever going to be Vardy. But I do not rule out the possibility of there being a second striker. And if it's a second striker, it's going to tell you the tale of the season. Because if it's Dakar and Vardy... Then the inactor's got one more or maybe even two more years to wait, depending on Vardy's situation, uh, before he gets that chance to shine. It seems a frustrating season yeah. for him. Yeah, oh, to totally. Hiya, Ryan. How the devil are you, sir? Um, hope you have a better outcome this weekend and your season gets a little bit better than uh, the start that you've had. Um, I, I just think Vardy and Dakar 
I just think they're too similar. And I just think, yeah. you know, for me, yeah. if he comes on and plays with either of them, um, he can hold that ball up and release Dakar or Vardy, you know, with the through ball. You know, we saw how well he played with Vardy at the uh, at the back end of the season before last. But we, who knows? We, we said earlier in the, yeah. in the Arsenal chat, who knows? Brendan can throw a curveball. He might go with all three for all we know tomorrow. It wouldn't surprise me. Might, <laughs> might, he might do, mate. He might put, he might put Vestergaard in goal and stick Blue Thomas and, and stick bloody Danny Ward in, in the right of midfield. <laughs> Who knows? This is Brendan Rodgers we're talking about. Terry, it's just the Rodgers press conference. He bigged up and met Arsenal and how they have improved the squad. Thought it a bit of a sideswipe at Leicester directors. That's all might just be me. He did. He did in fairness. But you look at it two ways. It might be a little bit of a dig at Leicester directors. I kind of somehow don't think I think it is. Because God, Brendan Rodgers is the guy in charge of the team affairs. He has to be kept abreast and informed of what's going on with club finances, what money he will have. And he, I think, will have been told at the start of the window, look, this is what we've got to do this season. So I don't think it necessarily, for me, is a swipe. What you could look at it is, uh, is he a bit of, um, you know, Alex Ferguson psychology? Saying how good they are, then we go out and whip their asses tomorrow. That's exactly how I was just trying to interpret it to, to give a, a statement for that to me. It's, it's a point. Again, these reports, there's no smoke about Fire to a point, but then obviously yeah. the old council, I say, uh, yeah. in regard to that. Um, and I think people were great these, these last couple of years, but all becoming figures, and we look way too much into things. And I would agree with you to counter it. You could look at it, and maybe, yeah, in, in, in a weird way, is at the good say it's Alex Bergson, um, like because. Let's all remember the press asked these questions, hoping for certain responses, but they're to write now. They'll write what they're told, like what Brendan says, but they're hoping for a little bit of juice, a little bit of gossip, something that's going to stay. And this is why, you know, we're not going to, you know, and then maybe has a little bit of a nah moment and he says something maybe he didn't really want to say and he was biting his tongue, but he didn't. And again, the way he kind of said it, well, yeah, Arsenal improved them really well. They look Oh, they look really good, don't they? Almost going, don't they? They look really good. Imagine if they went out there and lost. Because I bet you anybody who maybe likes cheeky Tempe better or there or or is favouring picking a team or whatever, and they're not lost. Oh, yeah, he's right. Oh, they look good. And then you go on Saturday, half three and a 2 0 down to Leicester. You know, they'll be thinking at least we're going to draw to all the way we play. But. Uh, <laughs> You know, I mean, but you know, I mean, it, it, you can see it as reverse psychology. But he looks, but he, he won't be like You can take it any way. I mean, I, I have worked in newspapers. I'd I worked in it for 22, 25 years, or and also going back to the very, very start of social media when I came in and I started working for them. The newspaper, the local rag, was the main source of information about your team you would buy it whether it be nightly weekly bi-weekly whatever and you turn straight to the back pages 
I always used to buy the Sun, and before anybody says no, it wasn't because of page three, it's because when I left Leicester, I moved up north, and the Sun was the only team that included at that point included Leicester as a northern team. And so, and I'd always go straight to the back page and look to see what they've written about Leicester. That was the days when we just had newspapers. I have seen in Bournemouth, I have seen the building where the Bournemouth Echo, which is a daily newspaper, part of NewsQuest, where it now is, they have probably now taken up an eighth of that whole building. From, from what it from what they used to own that you know run the whole building the whole building used to be printing and journalists and what have you and I saw the sales staff going down and I also saw the reporters going down and I, I we used to have a weekend magazine and I'm not going off topic here but I just make my point and you might have let's say Christopher for want of a I think it was him and he's going to turn up at the Bournemouth pavilion and do a show. So in the TV magazine that came through on a Saturday, there'd be a section on Christopher. Back in the day, the reporter would be on the phone to the agent making an appointment to, to do it. Now, no. He does one one interview, oh, one interview at um, the start of the tour, and then they tip X out, Bournemouth, and they'll put Southampton in. <laughs> that is... That is how journalists have got. There's no, there's no, there's no photographers now. There's um, the reporters go out with a mobile phone. So there's no, and those reporters, like I say, where there was probably twenty, there's now five maximum. Um, you've also seen the rise of all online websites for all the papers. You've seen the online websites for all the huge um, fan bases. You've seen even, you know, channels like this. We all look for something that will give us an edge that we can turn into a show. Uh, you know, we, you've got 24-hour sports news now. And I know when Leicester won the, the, the Premier League, I watched it every hour to see us win it again. Uh, but it's got to be filled. Talk Sport is a 24-hour sports radio station. And they've got now Talk Sport 2 and BBC Radio 5 Live. These have got to be filled with news of some sort. And they will look, like you said, Brad, for the slightest little thing. And you look at the Mercury. The Mercury used to be a good newspaper. Now they're taking reports from sites like 90minutes.com and taking one line out of that and making it into a, into a, its own story. Yeah. Yeah, they all have been guilty of it. Everybody's guilty of it. Every fan is sick to death of it. And that's why when it, you know, cast their minds back not even just over a week ago, there was mm. probably a lot of us here that were reading the reports of Michael that become so numb to our transfer debacle that comes every summer and every January to every club is a link with 400 players to selling 400 players and losing Doris the tea lady in the mascot one week and the signing uh, a Terminator as a mascot and bloody you know, signing off football is bless, bless you and it's just you know I bet I don't think a lot of people for the first couple of reports about Schmidt going were like that bothered we all thought 
fake news, we looked at the article, we looked where it was from, we oh, well, they've got that, but it's from nightminute.com. That's a load of rubbish. Now he plays for Nice, and now Danny Ward's out of the And so, not meaning it that way, and one in 50 journalists has taken it that way, and yeah. one top journalist goes with it. You look at everything, you know, even in the, you know, the sun, the mail, where oh, wherever it is. I'm sorry, I'm going all there because Burnley, they literally are pounding Watford's got. They've hit the, they've hit the post. The goalkeeper made a fantastic save. But anyway, back to back to Leicester. Um, yeah, it, it's you just got you got to be careful what you say these days. We know that. We know that. Yeah. Even off. Off if you stood at the side of the pitch and say, you know, someone who's got the phone out recording it, you know, you can't, you can't get away with it. Um, being a sports journalist, sorry, being a sports just the last thing on it. I'll just sum it Being a sports journalist is like being like a broken clock. Twice a day, you at least could be right with if you wrote a story every hour. Yeah, Two of them would yeah. be right. Yes, but uh, Scott says has and he means Tory uh, being sacked yet. You see, I, I'm not. I thought that about Torre, and yet, if you looked at Fafana on his first game back, uh, was it Renz we were playing? And he scored on his first game back. He ignored his ignored his teammates, and he went and was, you know, hugging and squeezing Torre. And that made yeah. me think maybe he's got something more to him than we think. Well, yeah, because let's face it, it's easy. To, again, you can't blame one thing, and that you know, again, the power of the power, the power people have for writing an article, and how much it grips people is 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 ridiculous. Because again, when everyone, well, it's not Brandon's fault because now they're winning again. The the injuries and defensive malarkey must be the coach's fault. Because when it's mm -hmm. going right, it's not Brandon, it's not Brandon's fault anymore. Um, it's the coach's fault when it's going wrong, it's Brendan's fault. But you saw that embrace, and I saw it as well. And you know, you, you have to remember, like I said, the players are only doing what the manager tells them to. And the way Brendan does the training, the, the coaches are only teaching the players what Brendan told them to teach them. We saw it when, and we said it on the match day, it looks like Brendan's stubbornness is finally broken and he's stopped playing through it back. He's he started playing more aggressive football. That comes from the manager, and we can only improve as as a as a team. And the coaches can only improve and change it. We were zonal marking, weren't we, or man marking, or one of the two, weren't we? We weren't doing one of them. I think it was zonal marking we were doing, and we should be doing man marking. And ever since that changed, yes, we still conceded probably two goals. Well, that was probably over 14 games where we conceded only two goals. We were conceding a, a goal a set, every set piece, let alone a goal a game from set pieces. It was it was ridiculous. So, you know, maybe, I mean, we didn't concede from a set piece against Brentford, did we? No, we scored from a set piece. Yeah, and that, and that looks like, and that was similar to Papana's goal, wasn't it? So he's clearly worked on something with him, like run to the edge of the six-yard box from either corner. You know, we've clearly been working on all aspects of it, and yeah, maybe this season we'll see that aspect of it pay off. We just got to stop bottling it in the last five minutes of the game when um, we're winning it. The, the, the picture paints a thousand words, and for me, that 
picture did really really did uh, Watford have won 1-0 by the way well done Chowdhury off to a winning start with his new team um, yeah. Brian says here I don't know if everybody's still in but obviously you're putting questions in and we're working our way through them I was surprised to see Schmeichel move on he did seem happy at Leicester for me uh, yes he was happy at Leicester and uh, they call Alan Birchnell Mr Leicester and I think Casper is, is, is that uh, I think you've only got to look at what it meant to be part of the club and the the relationship he had with the owners that he literally had to be held back from jumping into the uh, um, yeah. into the uh, into the flames to try and rescue Vichai uh, on, on the night of the accident. But every player's time comes to an end. Um, we've sold him probably for two hundred and fifty grand less than we paid for him. And we've had 11 years of excellence uh, out of him. He has won us trophies. He's kept us in games. Uh, but I believe, for me, we did a snog marry a void show before, you know, earlier in the pre-season in a form of a keep-sell loan. I said, yeah, let's sell him and bring Ward up front. Uh, and he deserves three seasons in the sun. He's going to Nice, south of France. Uh, it'll be on a really, really good wage. And he's got European football there. And I say good luck to him. But for me, last season, and I know the defence in front of him does make a goalkeeper look good or bad, and it was probably making him look awful. But he wasn't coming off his line. How many goals did we concede? Because he was static on the line. That's true. Yeah, he did start to show a few errors in his age. And I suppose you could... Look at the Manchester United situation. We could have a Dean Henderson on our hands because sometimes you can push goalkeepers into something that they don't want their careers to become. You know, Peter Schmeichel, Manchester United legend, but his dad did the same. He left. He ended up playing for Villa, Man City, didn't he? In his time, you know. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's. You know, you look at Tottenham and there's been talks for a few years now about Hugo Lloris and he's made some howlers, but he's still a world-class keeper. But you have to make these moments, decisions in your life. Casper's in his late 30s now. He won't like mind me saying it, but I'm sure he's not watching, so he's probably not that bothered in France. But he's in his late 30s. He watches this all the time, mate. Be careful what you yeah, say. I know that. He said to me, he warmed me up from the committee. He said, I can't make it to them in front, Brad, but uh, I'll be watching. So there you are, Cass, what's for you? But no, these keepers also want to keep a smooth career. And, and, and even though as a goalkeeper, your career is probably a little bit more elongated than an outfield player, because you can play into your late to even early 40s. You know, you can play into your late 30s and early 40s. Probably not on the standard you're hoping to, but you can still play it. Um and if he goes to France, he's going to get a couple of years out there. And then, you know, if that's where he was planning, on, you know, because he might have decided from a young age or he might have decided two years ago. We don't know. Nobody knows except Casper. He might have decided, you know, what me and the wife and kids, that's what we're going to do. I want mm. to make sure we're playing days and I can, let, you know, because he's already embedded and set. If that's where he's going to spend his free time after his career, good on him. He's earned it from us last fans. So thanks to him. Totally. He goes with, and you know, <laughs> The, the, the goodbye letter he wrote was from the heart, wasn't it, really? You know, yeah. um, uh, and, and you just know that, that 
he meant it. It wasn't, you know, a, a PR stunt or anything like that. Um, Ryan also says, which positions do you feel you're lacking in at the moment? Oh, go on. <laughs> Just go for it. <laughs> Just go for it, Brad. Um, we're lacking in depth on the wing. Um, may, may, maybe, maybe the only smidge of business I'm regretting that we weren't able to somehow shift the money to get done. Which, again, I'm still by for it. If, Maybe I'd have gone to look should have really been brought to the good but I'm not pissed off about it at all. It's not like he was one of my favourite players last season. It's not like uh, I uh, was in the Adam and Look fan club. It's not like I uh, really wanted him to sign. But no, that's taking that small fact aside out. I know people are gonna say this, but if there's anyone we can ship on, ship on. Um we've got we've got two we've got two wide players, essentially. Ricardo, unfortunately, Seems to be a pattern with just Ricardo. You can't blame him off the training ground. One player getting the same continuous injury. That's just his body. That's just Ricardo. And some players come with that. And, and that's it. But he's he's out now, isn't he? For next year, at least. So I think, yeah. Barnes, um, return to action. Uh, we don't know. We haven't got a date. Uh, so, Albrighton, Barnes... You haven't got anybody on that right, really, unless you're going to put Daka there. And again, that suggests maybe doing that if he plays it more narrow to what we're accustomed to, what you're accustomed to seeing inverted. But that's the area where we need strength in because we're packed in positions everywhere else, even if we were to lose one day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree totally. We've, we've never really replaced Mares. Uh, Gazelle was more like a fucking elephant than a gazelle. Moved. Yeah. Under didn't quite. Well, he get... was under. Well, man, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. Boom, boom. Here we go. In fact, I'll tell you what. This is what. This is what you get. You don't just get that, Brad. For that one, you get. You get this. <laughs> So, just to make you feel better. But, yeah, I agree. That That is the position. Um, I see, you know, Albrighton starting there probably a fair bit. But, you know, he's getting on now. Perez, possibly, you know. Um, the biggest problem I have with Albrighton is he reminds me of Steve Guppy, but he just lacks that trickery because... He's now developed into a player, given his age, where he'll get the ball in an advanced position in space and he'll drop the ball dead to his foot. And all Brighton, I do feel sorry for him because even though he's had a great career at Leicester, I do feel like sometimes when he's come on, he's been wasted because apart from Slomani, he's been putting in balls to six-foot blokes and we've got a very good leaper in, in Vardy. But if it's not a, a complete team attack... He becomes a wasted option uh, at points when he's getting brought. And I don't really blame him right, for maybe coming on for 30 minutes and not seeing much of the ball or not doing much in the way of what fans are expecting. And it's not always that easy. So I do feel a bit sorry for Albright. And I hope he doesn't get too much stick this season uh, if he does play and yeah. maybe lacks creativity. Yeah. But no, that that is, that is the position um, we have. Um... 
<laughs> Jobs come in and asking what our favourite film is. And then two minutes later, he goes, oops, I didn't see the Leicester City bit <laughs> about the question. And our our favourite film has not been made yet, but it will when they do Jamie Vardy's life story. Uh, uh, I, I'll happily say that my favourite film that's out at the moment that isn't back through time, people can say what like about it, is Cruella from Disney. Just to answer your question, Doug, I will give you that answer as well. But yeah, agreement with yeah. Chris. In terms of Leicester movies, can you call the entire playoff final against Crystal Palace as a elongated movie? It's just for ninety minutes. Nice. Dog, dog, no, no, just no, 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 just no. get out, dog, dog, leave. Yeah. Go on. You said you, you know. You said earlier your wife hasn't seen enough of you. Go and be with your wife. You know, yeah. dog. I've got to say this to you. Get a life, all you love. So, um, he knows I love him, really. Um, I think, let's have a look, what other, I think we're pretty much, um, Bertrand returned to action, says Scott. Um, well, I'm just looking here. Piero's potential return is February. Ryan Bertrand, um, he's still a number of weeks away from being fit, so it's kind of, uh, 17th of September ish, when they've said he possibly will be back. And Harvey, yeah, Harvey Barnes has been with the medical team, still has an irritation around the knee. Um, I have an irritation, but I, I left her after a while. Uh, but I don't have any that time on that, says um, Brendan. And it's looking around the end of August, 27th of August, so possibly two weeks for uh, um. For, for Harvey Barnes. Um, Chris asks, who should take responsibility for Leicester, Leicester's quiet transfer window so far? I, I, I keep saying, and you weren't in, Chris, in fairness to you, but there is a reason for it, and that reason is, go and look on the Sky Sports website on the Leicester page. In fact, go and look on the BBC website, first of all, on the Leicester page, and search for the Tuesday talking point because the guy that writes that for the BBC, honestly, his knowledge of football is absolutely unbelievable. Um, but after that, go to the Sky page, and uh, it, it's a big, a big piece on our transfer window as to why we haven't. So it's not. I don't think it's a case for me of taking responsibility. It is what it is with the squad we've got. If nobody left and nobody came in, we've got a squad good enough for top half of the table. Would you say yeah. that, Brad? Yeah, I would. I think, you know, if you want to use the term, I think the owners take responsibility. And clearly by that interview and that report and some of the comments and, and that reports that have been written about it, and, you know, like I said, that video on Sky Sports that you mentioned, um, sums it up clearly. The owners have taken responsibility that it is more important to secure the club from the inside working out than it is to amend anything that's needed with the club because realistically chris we did chose off season and, and you guys in the comments i, I recognize a lot of your names that have been in tonight you know you watched that show and, and and you probably were asked questions or answering questions a lot of people's podcasts about Leicester when it were brought up and that is would how many of X team's players would get in a Leicester squad? And we were struggling to... I think if we tried to do a show on that, Chris, we'd struggle to make an 11. 
Yeah. He honestly would without going stupid. I'm talking. Yeah. 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 And honestly, I think that's an, another barren reason. Don't fix what isn't broken. You know, we, we saw the disastrous effects of rushing a, a bike. Was the season, there was a season when Pochettino didn't make any signings at um, Tottenham Hotspur. That wasn't the season he got them to the Champions League, was it? I think that was the season they got in the Champions League. If not, it was the season. No, it was it was the season after the Champions League, I think, because it was like that was the time they should have capitalised. They that squad right. spent that that starting eleven thirteen players that probably played the most that season were absolutely spent in that final which is yeah. why it was one of the worst Champions League final most dullest Champions League final in history um, and he wasn't allowed to invest but you could turn that to the present day you look at you know Leicester you know you look at Arsenal mm. whether they hit the top ambition or not it's still good European football by the skin of their teeth by 12 points it doesn't matter there are also fans that when we were giving them you know, a load of jobs for not playing European football on a Thursday night at all. Well, now the roles have reversed and now Leicester have to deal with it. And and, and if the owner and manager can go, yeah, I'm happy with what i got, I can do the job set for before it, then it's going to stay that way. Yeah. I think it's a case of this is the situation. Like, I've, like I said right at the beginning, you know, the first thing, the first question we had, and I said, like, we either become a, a Barcelona where we're signing players that we can't play or we're putting them in the squad and then we're taking players out that we can't play because we're only allowed to register 25. Or, you know, we end up like Leeds gambling on, and like Derby gambling on trying to get into the next step and, and, and going bust, basically. Scott is off. Thank you very much, mate. All the best. Take care. Richard is in. Good evening, sir. How's your little one? I hope you are well. Uh, when I say little, and of course, I do mean your son. I'm not being anything personal about any of your bodily apologies. Um, Doug says, are you happy about Smithy's signing? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm as happy as anybody should be about a number three goalkeeper. You yeah. kind of yeah. thinking, well, hopefully it doesn't get that drastic, but if it does, what's his standard? And Yeah, I, overall, yeah, I am actually, because... He's got years of experience. He's had the experience of the Premier League. Uh, so, yeah, mm. actually, I am happy to have him as number three because if it goes wrong and, and Iverson or Iverson is not ready to be number two, at least we've got a couple of years out of Smithers to hold that thought down why he keeps developing as a yeah. third choice. So, and like, you know, like we said before, if Ward gets injured and he's a little bit injury prone at the moment, Iverson, if he does step up, you've got that number three to come in. Stolchuk, we yeah. saw, did very, very well pre-season, but there weren't exactly big teams we were playing. Uh, he can go off and get, you know, like Iverson has done, have a year out and get, you know, a year um, of experience on loan. Um, and, yeah, like you say, he's a third-choice keeper. He's there for for what happens. And then we, you know, we'll never have another Steve Lynx, Alan Young moment. But um, <laughs> and C ninety six M. Good evening, welcome along, sir. Uh, getting a bit worried about tomorrow. It is what it's Arsenal. We've played Arsenal thirty two times in the Premier League. 
we have won five, and we have won one of those at uh, well, either Highbury or Emirates, wherever it was. It was Emirates, yeah. So don't. I'm not getting too excited. This is almost like they say. This is almost like a give me. To be honest with you, is that the right phrase? A gimme, yeah. A gimme, yeah. It, it, it's, yeah. it's Arsenal, it's away. Uh, if we get a draw, I'll be happy. If, if we lose, it'll be a case of it's Arsenal away. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. I mean, my funny enough, in all of them games you just mentioned, probably one of my fondest memories comes from playing Arsenal. It's probably a game I enjoy more, especially when we win or get something from them, because one of my... I call it my first game I ever went to because it's the earliest memory I 100% remember having, and that was yeah. you'll you'll definitely remember this, Chris, and that was this will tell you how how far my memory works. Yes, it was a three-three draw. I got to see a magical hat trick, and a team never give up. And I chose on that day that that's the team I was going to support. The team would never give up, and Steve Walsh nearly punching out Ian Wright. Um, yeah, that also happened as well. The thing is, I, I've been on two Arsenal channels tonight, and the first one, which was the over and over and over again podcast, the links are in, in the chat, by the way. Uh, and Terry was in the second one with me on Stephen's channel. But on the first one, I did actually, um, I don't know if that was the season that they did the, the Invincibles or not, but I did actually mention that game to him. It was a classic. That did sum Leicester up under um, under Martin O'Neill. You know, he didn't play. To, you know, you would never have got Tottenham Hotspur scoring two goals against us like they did oh. last season under Martin O'Neill. You know, it's, you fought till the end, till the whistle went. Um, yeah, I mean Matt Elliott. In one minute, he's, he's having Bergkamp do a gas going, tipping over him and scoring. The next minute, he's getting a goal up the other end. It was the game that had everything. And like you say, nearly a punch-up at the end as well. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, that game wasn't actually... That was back in 96, 97, I believe. The games that we had against the Invincibles, the, the, the Invincible Arsenal, though, well, we were so close, Chris, to greatness. I think we... Either, I think Gilberto Silva probably scored a last-minute equaliser for Arsenal at what was the Walker Stadium. And we played Arsenal the last game of the season and Paul Dickoff put us one and all. We were already relegated and Arsenal just needed to beat us or not lose to us. And we won't win a lot. We did lose that game 3 1. But that was the season Arsenal beat some fun memories. I mean, I mean, yeah. And it wasn't that game then, but I do remember the fact that yeah. in that, that we, was were, we were one of the teams that came closest to stopping them doing the. Uh, yeah, I think it was our first season after the Crystal Palace playoff because we didn't lose for the first five games. In fact, I think our first defeat that season was Sheffield Wednesday away. You can tell oh. that season's been ingrained in me, can't you, with that sort of information? Yes. <laughs> well, Terry, good night as well. There's no need to call you your missus a horse, but um, <laughs> whatever, whatever you want to, you've got to live with her. Um, put the horse to bed. Have a good one. Thanks for popping in. Brad, I think that went rather well. I think, obviously, people are dropping off now as it is bedtime, but uh, I I think that was very enjoyable. Yeah, I I enjoyed it myself, mate. It was quite fun. Um, It it would be an interesting one to to, to definitely do again Mm. down the line in 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 a sort of way. It was good. Yeah, no, I and I do appreciate because as usual with me, 
it's an idea I came up with at the very last minute. Uh, yeah, and, and some people say you throw this show together, man. Yeah. Now, in South Africa. I was in South Africa a couple of years ago, Johannesburg, and then uh, doing a safari. Absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. Uh, back to Leicester before the Southampton game. Looking forward to getting you over here. And become great show. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's okay. It was just a case of thinking of something different. But we'll do it again next Friday if you're free, Brad. Yeah, definitely. I'll be, yeah. I'll be up for yeah. that. And then um, we've got the debate show afterwards. But I don't know. This may take the place of the debate show. Or we may do them alternate weeks. That might work. Yeah, could definitely we definitely do. do it every week, it might end up with a... With the same questions appearing every week, you know? yeah, 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 that'd be fine if we did that all time. Yeah, yeah, we can do. I think, I think, I think, I think it's going well. Well, we'll do it next week, and we'll fingers crossed that it'll go well. Brad, thank you as always so very much for coming on and helping me out. Where can people find you? Uh, they can find me here mostly. So, if you want to yeah. see more of me on this show, then subscribe and to this channel. Find me on Twitter at Full Time Focus. That's all one word. There's no um, there's no capital letters um, or anything like that. It obscure in it. Uh, and you'll find a link to my YouTube channel on there, which is a matter of opinion, which is weekly, uh, one video a week that I do every Thursday. Uh, topic discussion. So yeah, go and check that out. If you like what you see, great. You give it subscribe after you've left this channel and done the same here. Uh, and yeah, just um, Thanks for having me on, Chris. I've enjoyed it. Brilliant. No, thank you for coming on. Your link is in the description below um, on the uh, under the YouTube description. Um, you can, so if you haven't quickly made a note of it, you can find Brad's link to his uh, YouTube site there. Um, thank you to everybody who joined in today, because obviously without you, this show would have been very quiet. Although I'm sure Brad and me would have found something to napper about. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's true. We definitely, we definitely find something to talk about, mate. We definitely yeah. would. <laughs> we definitely would. Uh, thanks very much, Brad. All the best, mate. And I will see you um, tomorrow evening. Yes, uh, round about seven, I believe. We've got. We've actually got three o'clock. Chris, what's Saturday? Three o'clock. So yeah, it'd be about seven o'clock tomorrow night for the post-match show. So there's a watch along from two uh, thirty. Uh, in fact, I'm looking at last week. There was a watch along at 2.30 um, for the 3 o'clock kickoff. Uh, I've got Miss Molina joining me. So we're, uh, I do enjoy it when there's like one fan from an opposing the opposing team. Don't like it when it's Arsenal because they always beat us and they always enjoy it. And then 7 o'clock, you and me will hopefully, hopefully be talking about a Leicester City win. Well, fingers crossed, mate. It would be nice after the draw against Brentford. And hey, if it's a draw against Brentford and then we're going to beat Arsenal, it's four points. It's probably what most people would have been optimistic about. You take it. Look, we can only do beat and work it out on what's in front of us. So let's go there, full of positive, and then we can bitch and moan if we win. We are Leicester City. It is going to be a roller coaster ride. Just make sure you've got your sick bags, guys. Thanks very much, Brad. Take care. See you soon. Take care, buddy. Uh, thanks to Brad coming in. Yeah, it's always, always a roller coaster ride with Leicester City. Um, do one thing for me before you go. If you haven't already, 
Um, would you please, so very, very kindly, uh, he says, try to find it. Do this for me. Watch us on YouTube. Listen on your favourite podcast platform. Or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Subscribe, like, follow and join in now. As C96 says, we are in beating in six Premier League games. We are. We are. Keep the faith indeed. Foxes never quit. Um... I can't see us getting anything tomorrow, but give me a draw right now. I would take it. Half two tomorrow for the watch along. Join us then, even in South Africa, 96, if you are free. Uh, you're on the same time zone as us, so it'll be exactly the same time, 2.30 uh, for a three o'clock kickoff uh, with an Arsenal fan, Miss Molina, and then seven o'clock, as we said, with Brad for the post-match show, including Brad's tactics. Thank you so very much for this enjoyed it it's been a great show loved doing it and uh, i will see you next week again at uh oh same time nine o'clock for this show if i don't see you tomorrow for the watch along take care thank you very much stay safe and remember don't do anything i wouldn't enjoy good night now thanks for watching lester till i die this is chris saying goodbye and see you next time It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ultimate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? A participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.